Welcome to the B2B Content Show, a podcast about the how, what, and why of B2B content marketing. I'm Jeremy Sheeran. My guest is Don Polite, Chief Marketing Officer at SkyGen. Don, it's great to have you on the show. Jeremy, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. You know, SkyGen, we'll, we'll hear from you in a second about what you guys do. It reminds me of the company in the Terminator movies. It sounds a little like that. You know what I mean? The company that <laughs> builds the technology that like creates those machines that, that destroy the whole world. <laughs> yeah. The other, other thing I've heard is the movie Skyfall, which is a James Bond movie. So right. people gravitate to uh, that as a, you know, something very similar when they hear the name Skygen. Yeah. But, but tell us about Skygen. What is, what is Skygen actually all about? Yeah. In, in short, Jeremy, SkyGen is a healthcare benefits administration technology company. Basically, our clients are healthcare insurers, payers, if you will. And our technology platform really helps them efficiently and effectively manage all ends of benefits administration, ultimately to help them drive down costs and focus on what's important, which is delivering quality care to their members. Okay. Very good. And tell us about your role at SkyGen a little bit. As I mentioned, your chief marketing officer. Tell us about, you know, a memorable, what I call a memorable marketing moment, either from your time at SkyGen or at any time throughout your career. Yeah, that's great. You know, I've, I've been blessed to work with some world-class brands over the years, Jeremy. So many moments stand out. Maybe I'll kind of dig deep into my past for a yeah. couple. Maybe the first would be Leading Abbott's direct-to-consumer category for what was a $400 million product portfolio named Freestyle, part of their diabetes care business. And I did that back in the early 2000s, 2004 through 2006 specifically. So uh, as you know, diabetes is really unfortunately a big challenge in the world, let alone in our country. Therefore, it's a prominent business. One of the key products in treating diabetes, as you may know, is what they call a blood glucose monitor. It's mm -hmm. a sort of pocket watch size, stopwatch size. Basically, if you're a diabetic, you have to test your blood sugar levels on a daily basis and you need to draw blood. Uh, you draw blood, prick your finger or arm, put the blood on a test strip and insert it into the meter to kind of get a read on your blood sugar level. So it's very invasive, not fun, and they have yeah. to do it on a daily basis. So, you know, we wanted to expand our presence in a category at Abbott in the diabetes care business, and, and we were aggressive in launching new products. So we had launched a, a, a light blood glucose meter freestyle brand back in 2004. And basically the technology was such because of the invasiveness of it, the less blood that you could draw obviously was less painful, but it was around accuracy. That's why you had to draw more blood. But as the technology advanced, less blood was needed. So at that time, we touted that as the least invasive product on the market. So we had to devise a campaign to draw awareness to it. And I was leading that from soup to nuts. And we came up mm. with the theme, Happy Fingers. <laughs> and really, you think about it, the notion was because you only required a small sample of blood, it was virtually pain-free and allowed people to kind of do this testing and not disrupt their lives and then go about their day and their hands and uh, could be happy. So we showed a, a montage of happy fingers across mm -hmm. all sections of life, age, gender, diversity of ethnicity, because diabetes does not uh, discriminate, right? So right. I was responsible for that. The agency was Gray Advertising, a big New York agency. And really it was the, the centerpiece was the, tent, the TV, national TV campaign, hmm. multi-channel, omni-channel. We did it across, you know, in, integrated that theme across all of our marketing mix elements. And I think the outcome for that 
successful is we really drove unaided brand awareness from in the mid 20s to about 50 percent. And at the time, we were sort of a distant fourth in the category, uh, jumped up to a really strong second place. So kind of my first chance to own soup to nuts on omnichannel mm-hmm. uh, marketing campaign and drive advertising. So it was a lot of fun. Maybe another experience that was great for me a little later in my career was working for Johnson Controls, which uh, is a big multi-industrial company based in Milwaukee, where I'm currently today. At that time, when I joined in 2015, the company was in a period of significant transition. We were about to spin off. It's a $40 billion company, and we were spinning off the automotive interiors division, which is about $20 billion, making it a standalone. And at the same time, we were about to merge with a company called Tyco. Most people will know it because of the the, the brand ADT, a security mm. brand. So they were security company, and now we were strengthening our hold on uh, sort of being a, a true building technology company. So what all of these changes did is it created a, a major opportunity from a brand standpoint to kind of shape a new narrative for the company. And that led to two major initiatives that I had the chance to lead in my role as the uh, vice president of brand and corporate marketing. And one was around brand integration. You're bringing two big companies together and Johnson Controls and Tyco. So I was responsible for all the integration from a brand architecture standpoint, product portfolio, website integration, and uh, really led sort of an integration task force to find synergies, really about $20 million in synergies when you merge all these assets from a brand standpoint. And then maybe the last piece of that was, you know, for day one, we had to kind of refresh our, our corporate brand positioning our voice, our values, our overall messaging. So really kind of created that new messaging campaign and the related collateral. And we engaged our senior leaders, including our CEO, in the rollout of that messaging across all of our media and and, and press sort of engagements. Our CEO was on Squawk Box to talk about the new company. And that really kind of led the charge for kind of creating energy in the marketplace. And, Mm -hmm. you know, our, our stock price jumped and, you know, thousand percent increase in media impressions. So it was a real big deal and, you know, an honor to kind of lead the the yeah. messaging around the new company coming together on day one. Wow. Thanks for sharing those. That's awesome. Two really great experiences for any marketer, right? To have these big projects and see them not just work out, but really succeed. That that's Absolutely. that's a that's gotta be a good feeling, of course. Yeah. And and I, you know, I'm thankful to the senior leadership for giving me those opportunities. You know, those are kind of, mm-hmm. you know, big, big moments in my career and kind of gave me the confidence to, to take on roles like I'm in today. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about your, your work today. And now I know because we, we spoke before and you mentioned that one of your, something that's very important to you, both professionally and personally, is dealing with communities that are underserved when it comes to healthcare. And that this is, it's not just a side thing for you. I mean, this informs how you think about marketing, your marketing strategy, your content strategy. So tell us a little bit about that, sort of what what the issue is and why you're passionate about it and how this passion helps inform and guide your content marketing strategy. Yeah, a couple of things, Jeremy. I'm, I'm really passionate about the issue of equal access to to healthcare. And in my world, it translates to dental and vision because that's kind of the business we serve. Mm-hmm. But I think, as you know, we, we, we have some inequities in health. It starts with some of the social determinants that play into people's ability to achieve access to quality healthcare. 
there's a lot of a lot of talk, a lot of efforts around it, but I don't know if we've moved the needle to the to the level that we need to 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 see tangible results. And and frankly, we went backwards with COVID. Mm. It's nobody's fault, but I think COVID exposed and exacerbated some of those differences, and it really played out. And it kind of played out in some of the mortality rates that you saw in terms of people who who passed away during COVID in terms of a breakout from an ethnicity standpoint. Mm-hmm. So you know. I'm, I'm on a big push for us to become purpose-driven as an organization. I really believe we are. It's more about just making sure our messaging communicates that and that we support the appropriate sort of advocacy efforts that are out there around access to quality care. So from a brand standpoint, what I'm trying to do is really communicate our commitment to helping drive equal access to healthcare, specifically dental and vision, and ultimately drive better, healthier outcomes for all. So. We're a technology company who supports payers. Ultimately, on the back end of that, indirectly, we support members too. Uh, so my message that I'm really trying to convey when we talk about our brand is that our technology just doesn't drive efficiencies in healthcare benefits administration, but it's really tech for good, technology for good. It's around technology to drive total population, equal access to quality dental care and vision benefits for all. Okay. And and so give us a few examples of how that manifests in your messaging specifically, or like in the kinds of content that you guys put out there. Yeah. Well, the content supports, you know, obviously how we, how that, you know, how we articulate and ed- execute that with, mm-hmm. with members indirectly. Uh, now we're starting to do some of that more directly with uh, some of the products and services that we're offering in support of our payers and their membership. So, you know, in, in benefits administration, we're supporting insurers. The majority of our business is on the government program side. So uh, Medicaid programs, Medicare programs, and, you know, our, our technology helps payers administer benefits to folks on those programs. And through through research and understanding and engagement with our clients, we understand that on a Medicaid program, for instance, uh, there's a large percentage of people who don't make routine visits to their dentist or their eye doctor on those plans, which frankly, from a national you know awareness standpoint, one of the challenges, it has the potential to drive up healthcare costs. Why? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're not making routine visits, when you end up going to see your dentist or your eye doctor, those turn into emergency visits, which are much more costly than, you know, annual checkups and staying on top of your health. So the reasons for this, why aren't people going to see their their dentist or their eye doctor and obviously their doctor? Lack of access to quality doctors in their neighborhoods. We call them sort of health deserts, right? The, the facilities aren't there, right? Or there could be transportation issues, why people don't get to see them. A lot of it is around education, around just understanding the importance of being proactive and taking care of your, your health. Right. Or even just understanding their, their plans, what's covered under a Medicaid or a Medicare plan. So we're on a kick to kind of help change that narrative and, you know, educate people. Um, so we've created a mobile app that we design and white label that all of our insurers can then leverage with their, their Medicaid populations to really give them better member engagement and the ways that we can do it. We'll have a virtual card. So there's never an issue around, do you have your insurance card? You can just open up your app and it's there. We have a finder provider uh, technology, which allows them to, you know, find the the nearest location and directions and get them there. We're partnering with some of the insurance plans on providing transportation access, right, to get them to to do visits. You know, eligibility information, education materials around the importance of 
taking care of your teeth and your eyes, things of that nature. So that's our, our little piece in terms of how we're mm -hmm. trying to kind of change the narrative and, 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 and make the member experience a little bit better and get people more in control of their own outcomes. Mm -hmm. But what's the business case there? Well, the business case is simple. If you're an insurer and you're managing a Medicaid population with a, a state government, you're graded on member experience, on healthy outcomes, on mm -hmm. driving the cost of care down. So the more we can improve the member experience, eliminate emergency visits, and help drive those costs of care down and, and flip the switch or the ratio on emergency visits versus annual checkups and improve outcomes, everybody wins. Uh, the patient mm -hmm. members, most importantly, are leading healthier lives. You know, the cost of care goes down. You know, the insurer is making more money, uh, but the state is 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 also kind of managing their budgets and getting better outcomes. So it's a win-win for all the players in the ecosystem, if you will. Mm -hmm. That seems pretty important, right? I mean, because there's you can make the moral case, with which has a lot of strength. But I think you also need that strong business case in order to really make stuff happen in a business. And so it sounds like there's there's both of those things absolutely. that are really helping you drive this forward. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And it really starts with the moral case, right? It's about doing the right thing and improving, you know, better outcomes and equal access and healthier lifestyles for all all of our populations. Mm -hmm. So what's your advice for marketing teams that sort of want to follow your example and make their mission and kind of starting with that moral case and make it a more central part of their marketing and content strategy? Well, a, a couple of things here. And, and I think sort of the underlying tone here is, you know, a sense of purpose, right? You know, we talk a lot around purpose-driven messaging and branding and, 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 and doing good, right? So I talked about for us, it's technology for good, right? Technology to in, increase outcomes for all. So I think kind of getting a pulse on what's your purpose and articulating and elevating that in your branding and your messaging is kind of, to me, the starting point. And as you know, so many companies have recognized the importance of, of having a purpose and, and really articulating their purpose in their messaging. Uh, it's important for connection reasons because consumers are looking for more than just sort of the tangible benefits of a product. They're, they're looking to connect with companies who stand for something that they can resonate and, and relate to. So to me, Jeremy, that's the starting point and it's the right thing to do. So you should look to do this. That's kind of number one from an advice standpoint. And then from there, I think companies need to kind of look in the mirror, truly understand what that mission is, what their purpose, their values are, and, and, and be crystal clear in, in articulating that, right? Out in all of their communications and send those signals to their, their constituency, to their customers. You have to ensure that you're actually living them right? Throughout mm -hmm. the organization. It's not just an outward focusing thing. It really needs to be part of the culture of your organization. So your purpose, your vision, your values need to be embodied and, and, and symbolic and, you know, kind of part of the, the, the thread, right? The DNA of the organization. Once you've done that, you're living them, you're communicating them out to the world. I think all the investments you make, the partnerships you have, you know, sponsorships, investments, they should be consistent with your value set. Right. And I think once you do all of that, you're going to start to build the credibility with your audience. Right. That connection that we're talking about that they're looking for, because if you're inconsistent yeah. or you're contradicting those values and some of your actions, you'll start to, you know, those 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 your customers, potential customers, they'll see right through it. Right. So you mm -hmm. need that credibility. Yeah. Right. So you can't just say it. 
you actually have to, and you can't just mean it. You actually have to do it. And it seems again, like going back to what I was asking you, asking you before about the business case, I think that's the, like the, a good thing to do, the right thing to do and actually in a smart business thing to do. Right. Because I was reading an article just the other day that made the point, which, which I think is true that for the most part, people don't really, the like customers don't really care about you. They don't even really care about your specific goods and services until they specifically need them. They just care about the outcome, right? The solution for, for them, which makes sense. People care about their own, you know, more immediate needs, but what they do care about or what will resonate more, according to this article was your why, why are you doing all this? You know, beyond obviously to make a profit and make money, but why, like, why'd you get started in, in this in the first place? What's the larger idea animating all these things that you're doing? And I think that's true. You know, people yeah, do resonate with yeah. like the, the kind of the more, why does any of this matter? Yeah, absolutely. I think now more than ever, there's not only, there's frankly an expectation. It's almost become table stakes now. Yeah. That they're looking beyond sort of the label or the product to, to kind of understand your fundamental why and your purpose. And, you know, it, it's so critical to be to 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 be clear. And, and like I said before, consistent in that messaging. Absolutely. OK, Don. Well, thank you so much for that. There's so much more we could talk about. But thank you so much for now for a great conversation. Really enjoyed it. Thanks for your time. Thank you, Jeremy. That's it for this episode of the B2B Content Show. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who you think would be a great guest, let us know. You can contact me at jeremy at conversa.com. That's C-O-N-N-versa.com. The B2B Content Show is brought to you by Conversa Podcasting. Check us out at conversa.com to learn more about how we help B2B brands start podcasts to connect through conversation with the buyers and decision makers you need to get to know to grow your business. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.